Hello, welcome to the Tri-City Voice podcast. I'd like to mention something that, as a journalist, is very important to me. There is going to be a lot of misinformation about what we're all going through, the virus, and the many complicated effects of sheltering in place. False reports are going to spread online and through rumor, and I want you to be able to fight it. Here's your sword. If you see something online, don't share it. The see and share reflex is the enemy. Check first. Look it up and don't use the story in front of you as the starting point. Break from it and look up this information separately. I asked someone I know to call in any time and tell me if she saw anything. She's nice. She did. Around a week ago, I saw a man on the who was selling toilet paper. He put several piles of the paper on his desk with handwritten us for sale. And he was standing next to that desk. It was so strange and so awful in this very hard time when people are looking for the piece of toilet paper. I checked. I drove along that street and wandered around that neighborhood, and I couldn't find anyone. The woman, Anna, is someone I trust. The odds are high that she actually saw some guy. There is no reason for her to make this up. But I'm not going to turn it into a story because I cannot confirm it. Here's another example, one with higher stakes than toilet paper sales. There was a story on Facebook last week about the East Bay Regional Park District giving out citations to people walking too closely. That's a big deal. That's park staff martial law. I did not share the story. I checked. I called the watch commander. I told him this was on the record, and he said, nope. I'm going to send you over to my watch commander. I believe he's in the meeting right now. So if you can, leave a voicemail with the information. He'll be back to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So I just and I'm 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 just gonna ask exactly the same thing just so we have it all. Uh, the East Bay Regional Park District is not handing out citations for people walking too close. Correct. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I reported this nope in the Facebook comments and cited the watch commander. The original story was false. Check before you share, and if you don't have time to check, don't share. Actually, if you don't have time to check, call me. 510-556-4049. The Tri-City Voice Podcast Hotline. Again, 510-556-4049. I asked the owner of Books on B in Hayward to recommend something for you to read. Hello, uh, my name is Renee Reddig, and I'm the very proud owner of Books on B in downtown Hayward, 1014 B Street. And uh, I'm very honored to have been asked to recommend some books and things to read during these trying times. So um, I've taken a walk around my very closed and weirdly silent bookstore and come up with some of my favorites. And if I could hunker down and read, this is what I would select. So by no means are you required to come to the store for them. Of course, you can download them through your favorite independent e-reader, or find them in other methods. But I've pulled out some of my ideas, and you're welcome to them. 
So once upon a time when I was actually doing staff picks at another store, I only did three choices over my entire 22 years there, and this was the first one that I ever chose. I also thought that I was not a science fiction reader at the time, but Connie Willis was the gateway for me. And my favorite book, when I think about trying times in the world of fiction at least, is the Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. Imagine a world just pretty much one minute from now when there are scientists in a secret location who've discovered how to time travel, and they decide they want to go back and cure the bubonic plague. Well, it is actually uh, hilarious. So if you're looking for some dark humor in these times, only through a really smart lens where it is entirely plausible that something like this could happen and actually have the most redemptive concept of the human spirit and how we can prevail, I recommend the Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. I also am loath to give recommendations. When people have come into the bookstore over the years and asked me what they should read, I don't like to give blanket issue, but I usually do check to see if they have read any Barbara King Solver, and my gateway Barbara King Solver is Prodigal Summer. Especially right now when we've passed through the first day of spring, I find this book told from a variety of different people's lenses to be the most beautiful ode to the changes in nature and the world around us and how we are all connected on the human web. This book lifts my spirits, and I have had more feedback of saying how people feel better and see the world a little better through it as a result of reading Barbara Kingsolver's Prodigal Summer. Stephanie, the assignment editor at the Tri-City Voice newspaper, talked with nurses in Fremont. They were protesting outside of the Kaiser Hospital. All of our nurses are out here because we are appalled at the lack of protections that we're being provided. As it stands, every nurse is very concerned about their safety. I don't want to go there, but I, I, I have to go there because this is a plea for supplies. This is, I don't want to go, if we have to go to ground zero and make stuff, I will do it. I have my mom and dad, I have people. And you know, the N95 masks, we are so, we're running very low of them. That is not, they should have figured out a way to get us more. And that's why we're out here. California Governor Gavin Newsom addressed this shortage in a news conference. I want folks to know that we have already distributed 24.2 million N95 masks in the state of California. Uh, That is a significant number. It's still insignificant to meet our needs. Uh, I was very pleased today uh, in our last briefing, uh, we have now secured literally 100 million new N95 masks, which is not insignificant, but again, still requires us to secure and support additional procurement efforts. But that's good news. And for those healthcare leaders that are demanding more and deserve more, I want them to know uh, when those get off uh, the docks, when they get through the airport and customs, we're going to get them out as quickly as we humanly possibly can. I was driving and reporting in Union City when this happened. I am on Whipple in Union City, and a BART train just passed me on the road. We got some BART workers out here, and there's a new BART car being hauled on the back of a truck. (laughs) 
that was a real BART car traveling underneath me as I walk, as I walk toward this traffic stop. In case anyone's wondering and sees it in real life, it is BART car 3073. Okay, I'm in the car. I just got back, I just ran back. There is a tan Toyota behind me. Two gentlemen got out, went into the trunk, and threw stuff out near or the BART uh, fence. And as soon as they are out of sight, I'm gonna go see what they dumped. I'm also gonna catch my breath. All right, I'm gonna let one more car get behind them to block their view. All right, I'm gonna get out, forgive the audio. It was white bags full of I don't know what. White bags full of rocks. Okay. White bags full of rocks. The principal of the Sonol Glen School, Molly Barnes, read a book aloud to students via Facebook. Pandemic or not, it's still literacy month in her district. Hi there. Hi, everybody. So many people joining in. All right, Egbert, and this is called The Slightly Cracked Egg. I know your teachers all talk to you about the theme or the moral, so think about that as we're reading this great book. It's one of my favorites. Egbert, The Slightly Cracked Egg. There once was an egg named Egbert, good name, and he loved to paint pictures. Can you see him there painting? He's a painter, as many eggs are, I'm sure. Egbert paintings always cheered up the other eggs in the refrigerator. Look how happy they are. He's a good egg. He's spreading goodwill for all of his egg friends. But one day it was discovered that Egbert was slightly cracked. Oh my goodness. Eggs with cracked shells were not allowed to stay. Sadly, the other eggs told Egbert, you're gonna have to leave. Oh my goodness, they're gonna make him leave. Finally though, the rain did stop and the sun broke through a crack in the clouds. Oh, Egbert began to notice something he had never noticed in his whole life. The whole world was full of cracks. Oh my goodness, all sorts of wonderful cracks. Maybe it's not such a bad thing to be slightly cracked. Wasn't that the best book ever? I love this book. Boys and girls, I would love for you to take a few minutes and, you know, turn to your partner, and that could be your mom, your dad, a little sister, or big brother, and even the cat <laughs> or dog. Turn to somebody and talk to them a few minutes about what did we learn from this story? There was a lot going on here with Egbert, wasn't there? Have you ever had a time where you feel, gosh, I'm kind of feeling like I'm not fitting in? Or do you ever feel like sometimes people maybe want you to change? What do you do about that? How do you handle that? Or if somebody, if somebody were wanting you to change, what are some things that you could do? Gosh, I wish I could read all your comments. They're coming fast. <laughs> In this little corner of the podcast, we're going to take a break from the news and hear from local historians. The Hayward Library has collected some video oral history stories on their YouTube channel. This one, about Castro Valley, has chickens. My name is Lucille Lorge. Uh, 
I was Lucille Tomford before my marriage. Uh, I was born and raised on Grove Way in Hayward, went to the old Hayward High School, graduated from there in 1948. In 1951, I married Ray Lorge, who owned a chicken hatchery in Castor Valley. And at that time, Castor Valley was the second largest egg producing place in California. There were maybe 12 hatcheries in the area um, throughout Castor Valley and some in Hayward. Uh, our hatchery was hatching 30,000 baby chicks every week, which we would either sell to local uh, ranches around us, or some we could even uh, fly uh, by plane over to the Philippines and so forth. We continued on until 1945-1946. Uh, people started buying off the properties that were used for uh, the chicken ranches. So the hatchery business, of course, kind of went down the tubes. And so we turned our building into a pet store. <clears throat> and so we sold everything you could sell, which you are no longer allowed to sell. In Hayward, we sold skunks and raccoons and tortoises and just about anything. We, we kind of slowly went out of the hatchery into the pet store in the late 50s. And by the early 60s, we decided to build onto our original building. And at that time, coin-op laundries and dry cleaning were coming in. And so we built onto our hatchery building and built the R and J, which would be Ray and his brother Jim, uh, dry cleaning business. And that is still R&J Quick Clean Center, and my son Chris now runs that business. The Tri-City Voice podcast is now available on iTunes, Radio Public, and Spotify. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Andrew Cavett, A-N-D-R-E-W-C-A-V-E-T-T-E. The Tri-City Voice newspaper is produced by What's Happening Tri-City Voice. The editor-in-chief is William Marshak. The director of operations is Sharon Marshak. The newspaper is put together and distributed by a bunch of awesome people whose names are worth reading in the opinion page of each issue. This supplemental podcast is produced by Andrew Cavett. Studio space provided by Audrey Lover of Cat. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thing you can do for us is tell other people. Goodbye until next Tuesday when we do this all again.